Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. Uh, we are handling the 4th of July week the only way we know how, and that's by uh, ranking things. We already did quarterback rankings with Danny Cannell. Joining me today to do uh, wide receiver rankings, Brian McFadden. BMAC, what's up, buddy? How you doing? What's up, Will? Uh, I'm doing excellent. And then uh, on the 4th of July, Heath Cummings of CBS Sports Fantasy Fame will be joining me on the show. We're going to do running back rankings, and then we're going to do a beer draft, which is uh, almost exciting as UFC 239. Uh, if in case you're not into UFC, this is the biggest week in mixed martial arts this year, and it has arrived. And CBS Sports will be offering wall-to-wall coverage of UFC 239. Brian Campbell, Rashad Evans, and Brandon Wise are out at International Fight Week, so be sure to subscribe to the State of Combat podcast anywhere you find podcasts for an exclusive interview with Amanda Nunes and a full preview of UFC 239 with predictions and new interviews all week long. If you like fighting. And you like UFC, this is the only place to be. Uh, are you a UFC guy, BMAC? Uh, occasionally. It depends if the big name, you know, fighters are getting ready to, uh, go to war. I usually tune in. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I'll, um, I'll watch like a bigger fight and I've, I've gotten more into it lately and I will probably watch this fight because CBS is helping, is promoting it. But, um, sometimes also they're on very late. Like it's on, it's yeah. on, it's on very late for me and I'm, I'm old and washed. And so, uh, sometimes I, I don't end up, uh, doing that. A couple of news items we're going to touch on real quick and then we'll rank our top 10 wide receivers. I, I probably did. I probably should have prepped you on these, but, um, just, just worth noting two running backs who have been in the news recently and are back in the news. Um, Kareem Hunt video showed him outside a nightclub after a reported physical altercation, according to TMZ, between some friends. He was sort of arguing with some cops. Uh, I think I would assume you would echo my sentiments here, BMAC, when we say, hey, Kareem Hunt, you're suspended eight games. You know what you should do this offseason and for the rest of uh, until you're off your suspension? Sit at home and like do sewing or stuff, something or like <laughs> or go rent a private cabana in a, in a foreign country and party there it, it is. Are you surprised to see him out well, and about the town already? Well, you know what, uh, Will? Let me echo a better sentiment. Kareem Hunt, do not drink anything. Yes. No alcoholic beverages. Now, granted, and these are all speculations. Um, You know, no concrete information has come out yet. Yes. But if there is some reality to this story, nine times out of ten, Will, alcohol was involved yeah no i think i mean they were at a they were at a club called the barley house in downtown cleveland and they were apparently there very late so presumably kareem hunt wasn't just hanging around not drinking and, and it, it's possible that's the case but he admitted before that alcohol played a role in some of these issues that he had and i'm with you 100 percent. he should go dry from now until uh until he's back on the field because there's a clear-cut connection between some of his anger issues the problems that have that have kind of popped up and alcohol. So I think you're spot on, B Mac. Yeah, yeah. So you know, until he's able to police himself accordingly, if you hang out, you, it's okay to hang out. But I and and you know, I'm just making a, a my assumption. You know, there's sure. no guarantee that if something happened, he was drinking. But just based on what you said and what he admitted to from his previous incident, I 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is some reality to this, but hopefully this just is, they're just smoking, uh, smoking, uh, mirrors right now. Yeah. And then the other running back who has already been suspended, uh, once before, Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys running back was handcuffed, but not arrested following an argument, um, in Las Vegas back in May. And now he will meet with Roger Goodell about the incident. Uh, ESPN.com's Todd Archer reported, um, in video also obtained by TMZ. TMZ is everywhere aren't you glad that teams i mean teams you just don't want tmz around when you're when you're when you're a professional athlete because they they get everything <laughs> no question um elliot this is from uh sean or ryan wilson's story elliot can be seen arguing with his girlfriend though he never touched her later in the video he appears to push an event staffer who falls down and knocks over a guardrail uh, elliot's attorney told tmz that event security was quote overreacting to an argument between the running back and his girlfriend. Security misconstrued and overreacted to the situation, Frank Salzano said. He was cuffed as a precautionary measure. He was released released with no charges. He left Vegas that night and went to his youth football camp in Dallas on Sunday. Do you think, BMAC, that there is any chance Roger Goodell goes over the top on Ezekiel Elliott here? Oh, my goodness. I mean, for Cowboys – for the Cowboys sake, mm. for Ezekiel Elliott, for Jerry Jones sake, hopefully no. But it wouldn't surprise me because even though there was no foul play done with that incident, it was an incident. He basically not necessarily, he didn't headbutt the guy, but he put his head in the guy's chest and he was intimidating the guy. Clearly not the behavior you want to see from your star player and also a guy that has already had some issues, you know, being a quality citizen away from the football field. So, I mean, who knows? Uh, I, I hope not because I'm a fan of Ezekiel Elliott. Sure. And that was another incident where alcohol got the best of a player. And clearly some players need to stay away from it if they can't, ho- they, if they can't, uh, you know, be accountable for their actions. Yeah, man, it's hard to tell 21 to 25 year olds not to drink in the off season, but sometimes it is the, uh, the better thing for sure. On a lighter note, um, one more piece of news that we'll get to because I'm curious. You are an avid Madden player. And we are hoping to get, uh, copies of it when it comes out. Um, the, the, the rookies were, the rookie ratings were released. Do you remember what your rookie rating was in Madden? Oh, that's a good question, Will. You're going back in time. I have, I, I have, I, I have no idea because like that, it wasn't a thing back then. I mean, maybe it was, maybe you guys like looked it up. You're like, what the hell? Like I'm a, I'm a 75, but I mean, like it wasn't a thing to release it and make it a big deal back, you know, back in the day. Right. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No question. Uh, you know what? I don't know. Hopefully I was in the sixties, but I wouldn't be surprised if I was in the sixties. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Hopefully I was in the seventies, yeah, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if I was in the sixties. Yeah. I bet they were tougher on rookies back in the day. Notable rookies, uh, who were ranked, uh, Quentin Williams is the top overall, uh, ranked rookie at an 80 Ed Oliver, 79, Nick Bosa, 78. And then, uh, Tie for fourth place, Josh Allen, Marquise Brown, and uh, and TJ Hawkinson, all at seventy seven. And then the reason this this rookie thing really did make kind of a big stink is that uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but Daniel Jones of the Giants ranked a sixty three. He's below wow. below Will Greer, Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, and even Tyree Jackson out of Buffalo. What a slap in the face! I mean, the last thing Giants fans want to hear is Daniel Jones is ranked extremely low. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to <laughs> even put, though it's a video game. To put this in context, Josh Allen was uh, a 74. So uh, last year, so good, good yeah. for Daniel Jones. Rough start. All right, let's talk some wide receivers. We're gonna go um, in reverse order and start with 10, 9, and 8. Uh, we'll just go. We'll go 10 through 1, and we'll just alternate uh, wide receivers. I found that the hardest part of this, BMAC, was figuring out who was going to be my 
tenth wide receiver. But I'm curious, who is number ten on your uh, top ten NFL wide receivers list? My number, t- uh, the tenth wide receiver on my list is Keenan Allen. Hmm. Um, a a a surefire number one target, top priority, one of the best uh, pass catchers in the game. I love his route running ability. Um, you look at his numbers. I mean, last year over 1,100 yards. Uh, a year before 1,300 yards, over 1,300 yards. He had six touchdowns. Um, I love everything about Keenan Allen. The only concern I have with Keenan Allen based on with him being number 10, and this is based on our expectations for players coming into this 2019 season. He has an ideal relationship with his quarterback, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers is still playing real good football, uh, adding on to his Hall of Fame resume. Just the durability issues. It seems like Keenan Allen, granted, he's getting away from that injury tag that he had earlier in his career, but sometimes you still just don't know. And it's almost like you consider his past injuries when you talk, when you're dealing with fantasy football, I mean, that's the one thing about Keenan Allen is like fantasy wise, when you're drafting fantasy wide receivers, the knock on Keenan Allen is, well, you know, he may miss two or three games. It seems that seems to be uh, the label that's over his head when it comes to question marks. But outside of that, I love everything about Keenan Allen. No, that's a great point. And um I have Keenan Allen ninth at, uh, and, and, you know, it's sort of nitpicking there, but, you know, he only played, uh, nine games in 2015 and 2016 towards ACL in 2016. Of course, um, in that first game, he was dominating, uh, uh, uh Marcus Peters for the Chiefs mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. first game, lighting him up in the first half towards ACL right before halftime. And the, it really felt like the, the Chargers never recovered. If he is healthy and plays 16 games again this year, though, you would have to expect around 1200 yards. Six touchdowns. I mean, he, he, the last, you're right. If he puts together a season in 2019, like he did the last two years, then he's starting to develop some consistency. And sometimes it takes guys a few years to, to sort of get into that, the physical, you know, to, to shed that injury label. And so maybe he's doing that. Um, a tenth for me, I had, uh, I had Mike Evans and I think you could make the case that Mike Evans could be above Keenan Allen for the, for the very reason that you point out, BMAC. This is a guy who, over his five years in the NFL, and he's only, uh, he's still only, I think, uh, 20, yeah, he's only 25. He'll turn 26 in August, which is insane because he's already played five seasons in the league. He, I don't think he's ever, maybe he's missed, uh, maybe three or four games, but he's never had a year below a thousand receiving yards or below 70 receptions. He's been incredibly mm-hmm. consistent in that regard. His yards per reception is his lowest of his career was 2016 when it was 13.8. A ridiculous 17.7 last year, multiple seasons with uh, double-digit touchdowns, eight last year. And I think you can make the case that in a Bruce Arians, uh, as you all know, Bruce Arians, I mean, he likes to play no risk it, no biscuit. If he unleashes Jameis Winston down the field in terms of being a vertical threat quarterback this year, Mike Evans could really push his way up this list because he could end up scoring a ton of touchdowns and having a bunch of uh, of deep balls thrown his way and really producing some monster stats. We've seen why you know top wide receivers in in Bruce Arians' system uh, thrive, especially guys who can get deep. Mike Evans maybe not the most consistent catcher of the ball, but he's also dealing with Jameis Winston, who hadn't been a very consistent quarterback. Um, he, he certainly qualifies for me. Who do, who do you have at number nine? 
Number nine for me is Adam Thielen. Ooh, um, very nice. I mean, he yeah, he catches everything comes his way. He doesn't have uh, he doesn't have a large catch radius, but it seems like he does based on his ability to be a short-handed catcher. Uh, over thirteen hundred yards. Um, I mean, the last two years he's been lights out. He's been lights out. Nine touchdowns a year ago. He's an ideal third down wide receiver, a guy that can move the chains, a guy that can sustain drives for your offense, and. The thing about Adam Thielen, he reminds me of, of an old school type of wide receiver. He don't blow, he won't blow you away with his speed. Uh, he's quick. I love his lateral movement, but he's just a real good football player. I mean, some of the best hands in the National Football League. I, I wouldn't put him number one. Uh, my number one best handed wide receiver is higher on this list, mm. but Adam Thielen cl- clearly could be in that top three uh, category. Yeah, um, I've got Thielen a little bit higher, as I mentioned. Uh, Keenan Allen is my number nine. I want to point, really quickly point out, too, before we get too far into it, and I don't know what you did with this, so uh, I'm curious. I left Tyreek Hill off my top ten I list. I did also. Okay, okay. I did also. He was like, if if Tyreek Hill didn't have his off-field concerns, no question he would be on this top ten list, right? Hands down. I okay. have Tyreek Hill on my list, but I have him in parentheses, meaning <laughs> because of the situation, and, of course, we're – looking at expectations for 2019, there's yep. a good chance he might be suspended. Exactly. And my thought is he's probably going to get four to six games. I've said that on this podcast. And if that's the case, then it's hard to put him on the list. Um, as I mentioned, uh, so yeah, Tyreek Hill was the first guy on my honorable mention, but I was, I was curious to see what it's, it seemed like based on Keenan Allen at 10, you might, you might be in the same sort of situation. Um, who do you have at uh, number eight? AJ Green. Mm. Uh, AJ Green. I mean, one thing about AJ, when he's healthy, he's a for sure pro bowler, uh, basically an all pro. He's been doing it with average quarterback play for the most part there in Cincinnati. Uh, he's a guy you cannot allow to see single coverage and had a down year because of the injury. But when he's healthy, uh, he has that DeAndre Hopkins effect. You know, it not, it's not a big deal who the quarterback is, even though you know, Andy Dalton has been a better quarterback than what DeAndre Hopkins has had for the majority of his career until Deshaun, Deshaun came along. Mm-hmm. But Andy Dalton has been a bit inconsistent. You know what I mean? But A.J. Green numbers, you know, the only thing that can knock his numbers will is an injury. When we saw that last year, I'm, I have A.J. eighth on my list with him being healthy and knowing what he's able to do when he is healthy. Mm, I kind of feel bad. A.J. Green is off my list, and I love I love A.J. Green. I always draft him in fantasy because he he's, he falls either he he just he's been underrated, and I think people forget that he and Randy Moss are the only two guys to start a career with five straight 1,000 yard receiving seasons. Um, AJ Green, of course, fell just short in 2016 of getting matching Moss with six. He had 964, only played 10 games, still had 100 targets and 66 catches, uh, bounced back in, in, tw- in 2017, but then was injured last year. And you're right. I mean, I, I think my only concern with AJ Green is that, you know, is he going to be healthy enough to play a full season? Because at his age, you know, he'll be, he'll, he'll turn 30, 31, excuse me, later this month. Um, you know, maybe we start to see a little bit of decline. He could still take the top off. He's still a, you know, a very physical guy who can go up and get the ball. And maybe it's possible that the new Bengals coaching staff sort of revives AJ Green's, uh, you know, career and maybe he's going for a contract and he has a monster year. So I like the gamble by you there at eight. Um, I, I, he was, he was right there on the fringe of guys who could make it for me at eight. I actually have this, this might be a slap in the face, but I have Antonio Brown at eight. Oh, Will. <laughs> Stop it, Will. I know. 
right? Is that how, is that, is that obnoxiously low? Yes, you know it. Um, I, I mean, I do kind of know it. Here's my thing. And when we talk about expectations for 2019 BMAC is that I, I look at Antonio Brown's career and I see a guy who has been, I mean, look, he's one of the hardest working guys in football. He might be a crazy person, but he is an, a surefire Hall of Fame wide receiver up until really last year. Um, I think he was considered the best wide receiver in football and he still led the league in receiving touchdowns last year with 15. And so I am a bit of a, a victim of, of recency bias here with, with his movement. Um, but I, I look at a guy who, by the way, happy early birthday to, uh, Antonio Brown. He'll turn, uh, he'll turn 31 on July 10th. So basically a week from today, he'll be 31. Mm-hmm. I did think he slowed down a little bit last year and BMAC, as a Steelers guy, I, I feel like this point might sell you on it. My concern is that Antonio Brown is moving from the best possible system for any wide receiver, any skill position guy. You have Ben Roethlisberger. You have a great run game. You have a great offensive line. You have Juju Smith-Schuster and other weapons to, to take the heat away. Um, and, and now he's going to a new system with a new team, with a quarterback who doesn't throw the ball very well deep, in my opinion, Derek Carr. And a, a, a setup that I think BMAC could lead to tantrums on the sideline and some sort of drama and shenanigans in Oakland. So that's the only reason I curb my ranking of Antonio Brown. Uh, clearly, I, I would assume that you have him higher. Yeah, I, I have him higher. You hear his name a little later on my <laughs> list. But I, I understand your reasons uh, for him being that low. Uh, but yet and still, he's still a grown man. And yeah. I guess, you know what, we will wait and see exactly, you know, who deserves more credit, mm. you know, based on what AB will do in Oakland compared to what Big Ben will do in Pittsburgh? That, that's a good point, too, because I think that I always talk about how Big Ben wants to prove how everybody was wrong and it wasn't his yep. fault. A- Antonio probably wants to prove the same thing. And if he if he mm-hmm. has, you know, 120 catches for 1,600 yards next year and the Raiders win eight games, he's he's going to get some – or the Raiders win – I mean, if the Raiders win 10 games, he might get MVP buzz just because he's, yeah, exactly. he's the addition there. Uh, all right, who do you have at uh, number seven? Mike Evans. I have Mike Evans based on his athletic skill set, his measurables, he catches the ball well, run good routes. Uh, you know, he's a physical, physical presence. And they had, you know, they basically were playing musical chairs in Tampa at the quarterback, Ryan Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> uh, Jameis Winston. <laughs> and all Mike Evans did was still drop 1,524 yards, eight touchdowns. I know. So, Bruce Arians potentially will provide stability at the quarterback position. And if that's the case, you better believe Mike Evans potentially could improve on those numbers, especially his touchdown numbers, receiving uh, touchdown number. Well, my my number seven is a slap in the face to my number eight because ranked ahead of Antonio Brown, I have Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, now you're trying to you're trying to spark some controversy. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but like, here's my thing, and I, I do I do I do worry about how Juju will look without Antonio Brown there. I mean, I think that's a different, it's a different game for him because he's going to be the focal, focal point of, of defensive attention when people are looking at the Steelers. But I, I just think you're talking about a guy who can operate from the outside. He can operate in the slot. I think they have a sneaky enough number of other receivers who can take the heat off of him. Not like Dante Moncrief is Antonio Brown, but I mean, 
This is a guy at age 22, BMAC, that had 166 targets, uh, 111 catches, 1,426 yards, and seven touchdowns. The sky is the absolute limit for this kid. Um, he won't turn 23 until November. I mean, 23 in November in his third year, and it just feels like he has a long potential Hall of Fame career ahead of him. Yep. And uh, I'm willing to gamble on youth a little bit. And again, the Big Ben spite factor, putting him at number seven. Who is, uh, feel free to comment on Juju or, or give your number six. Well, Juju didn't make my list, unfortunately, Ooh. because I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm in a wait and see approach Ooh. as he becomes the number one target in Pittsburgh. And it was hard to really find a place to put Juju based on the guys that I've seen do it as a number one like option. Mm. Um, but my number six is <laughs> when it comes to wide receivers, this guy has been so dominant in getting into the end zone Devonte adams yes i mean the last three years will he's had 35 receiving touchdowns 35 receiving touchdowns ridiculous. 13 10 and 12 the last three years over 1300 yards even though they have a new head man in place and matt lafleur aaron Rodgers is still there um i he almost made my top five mm. you know he's right outside my top five and it was very, very difficult for me to have Devontae outside my top five. But Mr. Adams is is, is a for sure playmaker. I'm with you 100 percent. And I think when you go back and, you know, you look at uh you look at his his run over the past few years, you know, he, he like like many wide receivers in the Green Bay system. And by the way, I have uh, Adam Thielen at number six and Devontae Adams at number five. I'll let you give your five in a second. Okay. But I look, I Thielen made it for me because he's emerged as just a route running machine with great hands, a guy who developed a fantastic rapport with Kirk Cousins. He does have Stephon Diggs there, which really helps. And I had Stephon Diggs on my honorable mention, along with uh, T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper. They've included Tyler Lockett there, Green, and, and Tyreek Hill, we mentioned. Uh, I just think Thielen has even more room to grow, although when te- when teams really start pressing on him a little bit, um, it, it you know, it's, you could sort of see – Maybe a little bit of, uh, of drop back, but I think with another year with Cousins in this system that, that, uh, that, that you're going to see Gary Kubiak install as the sort of offensive overseer or whatever his title is, that Thielen is going to be so perfect for that bootleg system. Like the way he just runs route in the, routes in the middle and the way he can cross and get over there, I think he's going to put up monster numbers and then Diggs will be great down the field. Uh, as for Adams, you look at 2016, 997 yards on 75 catches. That's with Jordy Nelson uh, having 1,257 yards. I mean, like he was exactly. a, he was the second weapon there, which is kind of crazy. And then you look at him, uh, you know, only played four, had 14 games in 2017. Of course, Aaron Rodgers was hurt. Uh, he gets a full season of Rodgers, even a banged up one, and no Jordy Nelson last year, and explodes for 111 catches, 1,386 yards, and 13 touchdowns. You mentioned 35 scores over the past three years. That is, it's ridiculous. He's a consistent end zone threat. He's Aaron Rodgers' top weapon. There's nobody else to challenge him. And even with the new system, uh, I think Adams is 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 going to be a monster this year. So I had him in my top five, uh, but a little bit of a drop off. Who's your who's your uh, who's your number five? My number five is Michael Thomas. Mm. Um, led mm. the league uh, in receptions, I think, with 125. You know, <laughs> uh, he had 104. The year before in 2017, over 1400 yards, you know, just south of 10 touchdowns with nine. Michael Thomas for me, he's the modern day Chris Carter. Catches everything. A big time threat in the red zone because of his measurables. Uh, he's a 
chain mover, a guy that can create first downs. Uh, he's a big player. I mean, I see Chris Carter when I look at Michael Thomas and playing with Drew Brees doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> and he has taken advantage of everything that Drew has thrown his way. Uh, he's, he, he, you know, I talked about best hands. You know, earlier with Adam Thielen, I said in that top three, you know, Adam Thielen would be in that conversation. Michael Thomas would be in that conversation as well. And because of his hands, he was able to reel in 125 catches a year ago. All right. uh, We will take a quick break and then we'll be right back to give our top four wide receivers heading into 2019. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H track all wheel drive, standard third row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H track all wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. Used to go as a kid. Wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562 314 4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, interesting that Michael Thomas BMAC was the number five guy on your list. That leaves four spots for each of us. Um, yep. You can you can fairly easily discern i think who those guys might be but we need to figure out the order who is uh who is your number 4 wide receiver that's very very difficult uh my top uh my fourth third and second wide receivers was kind of difficult sure. i had more issues with the fourth and the third guy my number 4 is obj uh solely because of the new system new quarterback it might take some time for him to establish that superstar rhythm and chemistry that we've seen throughout his professional career granted i believe it will happen but just how soon will it happen he only played in 12 ball games well this man had 1052 yards and six touchdowns in 12 hmm. ball games being a part of a very, very below average offense outside of Saquon Barkley, offensive line still had issues. Eli Manning still had issues and he was still able to go over a thousand yards. That tells you what type of player he is. So I expect bigger and better things for OBJ, but how soon will it take the first month of the season to kind of get things rolling? And that's usually the case when you see a top pass catcher making a move to a new offense, a new scheme, and a new quarterback. But yet and still, I can easily see Odell going for at least 15, 1,600 yards and maybe 9 to 10 touchdowns. I'm with you on in terms of sorting out the top four. And I, I, I wrote, I had my top four, and then I put drop-off. And not that Devontae Adams is uh, is is bad or anything, but I just think there's a group of four guys, and, and uh, one of ours is different. But I have Julio Jones at four, 
And now sort of looking at the stats, I might be, I might be underrating him because Julio, you know, there were injury concerns, sort of like, uh, Keenan Allen, right? I mean, people were worried about him early in his career. He only played five games in 2013. Over the last five years, Julio Jones has averaged, averaged 105 catches per, uh, per year and 1600 receiving yards along with six touchdowns. He's led the league twice in, in receiving yards, including last year. He's never been over double digit touchdowns. Uh, not since 2012, excuse me. Um, only once in his career, but you know, in terms of a guy who's been really consistent and really dominant, and it, when he is at his peak as a wide receiver, there might not be anybody scarier in the NFL uh, than Julio Jones. But I, I still, I still put him fourth, and I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's not because I don't respect him. It's just, um, sort of a like these top four guys are very close. Well, who's your, who's your number three? My number three is Antonio Brown. Mm. Um, I have AB based on the concerns, you know, playing with a new quarterback. You talked about it earlier. You know, he was in the best ideal situation for a wide receiver. And because of that, AB had 104 catches last year. The year before that, 101. The year before that, 106. And, and a year ago, he had almost 1300 yards and 15 touchdowns. So these are crazy video game like numbers. But if he takes a decline in receptions, uh, you know, if he's not able to get in that hundred reception category, he still would be productive. I think it will take some time, similar to some of the things I stated about OBJ as far as a new quarterback, getting used to a new quarterback, getting used to a new scheme. But AB is a baller, one of the best route runners in the game. He's the hardest working wide receiver in the game. And because of that, he will be successful. But I have him at my number three spot right now. Mm, that means, uh, that means I know who your number, uh, one and two are. My number three is, uh, OBJ, who you mentioned before. I just can't, like, I can't shake the idea that Odell Beckham, if you give him a good quarterback, cause look, Eli Manning hadn't been good. I mean, like, he hadn't been very good the last few years. Odell Beckham, uh, four of his five years, by the way, he's still, uh, still just 26. He's gonna turn 27 in November, so he's still in his athletic prime. I think he will have something to prove. I don't know if they're gonna pay him before this year. I mean, he's, he already got paid by the Giants, but he wanted more money, a la Antonio Brown, when he got to Oakland. I think that you're gonna see a motivated OBJ who does, like, like Keenan Allen, um, you know, needs to come out and get 16 games under his belt. He hadn't seen 16 games, um, you know, since 2016 when he put up 1367 yards. Uh, he's been banged up. I think the Giants mismanaged him a little bit, especially in terms of how they rushed him out there in 2017. But I, I think in this system with Baker Mayfield and being like Antonio Brown, like Ben Roethlisberger, uh, being motivated to show that it wasn't his fault in New York, that it was actually Eli Manning and Dave Gettleman's fault. I, I think we see Odell Beckham come out with a big season. I'm anticipating 100 catches and 12, <clears throat> excuse me, 1200 yards as the floor for OBJ plus 10 touchdowns. Maybe I'm wrong and that offense sputters out of the gates early, like you said. Uh, but this is me projecting big things from the Browns offense, uh, in, in 2019, which is why I have him number three. Uh, who you got at number two? My number two, man, I was talking about the best uh catchers at the mm. wide receiver positions, guys with the best hands. He is he has the best hands in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. Uh DeAndre Hopkins is my number two, uh, solely because of his ability to defy odds when it comes to getting double team, triple team, especially in the red zone, over fifteen hundred yards. 11 touchdowns the year before that. He had 13 touchdowns. He has a great relationship with Deshaun Watson. And if DeAndre Hopkins was my number one, I'm okay with that. 
So it's almost like he's my 1B mm. because I have another guy that I believe is ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, and I will make my argument for him. But there's <laughs> no wrong answer when you get to the number one and number two spots, in my opinion. I've got actually got Michael Thomas at two and then DeAndre Hopkins at one. And I, I maybe again, maybe it's sort of a projection. And maybe, you know, I, I might be wrong here on, on the Michael Thomas thing. I just think that when you look at his catch rate, it's so ridiculous. Like he I mean, he had an eighty five percent catch rate last year. That is mm-hmm. absurd. Led the league in receptions, uh fourteen hundred and five yards. Now, one of the things I, I I didn't have Drew Brees. I did this did the podcast with Danny Cannell. I didn't have Drew Brees on my top ten quarterbacks, which is maybe a concern. When you look at Michael Thomas's game logs last year, you do see some spots where he didn't have big numbers. So maybe I'm you know I mean like down the stretch. I mean I think he only averaged and from week nine on he only averaged like sixty six receiving yards per game. So maybe I've maybe I've really outthunk myself here. I just think with his age, uh, he's he also turns uh twenty just turned twenty six. Um, and then I'm with you on Hopkins. I I, th- I think one of the things about DeAndre Hopkins' career. And he's been a stud since, since he was drafted in 2013 in the first round by the Texans. Um, two all pros, three pro bowls, uh, four seasons over 1200 yards, two seasons over 1500 yards, three seasons with double digit touchdowns, uh, in, in the sixth that he's played in the NFL. And he's done it, BMAC, with some real crap at the quarterback position. I think, mm-hmm. I think that to me really pushes him above everybody else. And why I have him number one is that, you, you, if you imagine a situation where he has Deshaun Watson for a full season, I mean, we, you know, we saw it last year. I mean, 1,572 receiving yards, 115 catches, and 11 touchdowns. Now, there's an argument from some in the, the fantasy football community that with Kike Kute, uh, back, that, that he'll see his target share drop and that he won't get mm-hmm. as many targets. I, I just think that there's no way the Texans will get cute and go away from DeAndre Hopkins. He's too dominant. Uh, let me ask you this. If there was, yep. as, a, as a defensive back, there was what you have to pick the one guy you don't want to cover. You don't want to see lining like you're you're like not not scared, but most annoyed that you gotta like you know it's gonna be the hardest day possible. Uh, is it Hopkins or is it the other guy who you got number one? Oh boy, I mean that other guy who I have number one is a bad man, and he sparks fear in most opposing defensive backs and defensive coordinators. That's Julio Jones. Uh, over sixteen hundred yards, eight touchdowns, and he creates so much attention in the red zone and because of that his touchdown number has taken a hit as of late but he makes so many other players jobs easier on his offense because of Julio Calvin Ridley had a almost an all pro like year especially when it comes to catching touchdowns because Mm -hmm. everybody devoted all their attention to Julio you just you talked about Julio earlier and you rolled off a important stat what was that stat as far as what he's averaged uh, Over the last three years, it is it was the last five years. Last it's, five years, he's averaged what? A hundred and five catches, sixteen hundred yards, and six touchdowns a season. It's it's pretty ridiculous. In fact, in fact, you know what? I'm going to flip Michael Thomas to four and move Julio Jones. Wait a minute! No, no, no! You can't just you can't you can't, I can't start flip. flipping. Okay, all right. It I'm is. not going to flip. I'm not going to flip. All right, all right. I'll, <laughs> but, but like you're like I'm just cause I'm thinking is like if I was a defensive back. And clearly I'm not, but I, I, if I were ranking, like, just ranking my, oh, bleep rankings, like, Michael Thomas would be up there because you don't want to cover him. But if I saw Julio Jones light up across from me, I would be petrified. I just I think, like, he might be the most, the most, like, if he's on, he is freaking on. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to his measurables and his stature, he is like the Le- Le- LeBron James of the wide receiver position. Mm. Uh, I mean, a very, very 
physical mismatch and he's still so fast and the only knock about Julio would be the touchdown number compared to some of the other guys that we just talked about in our top 10 but Julio commands so much attention and teams are so afraid of him they're willing to allow the Calvin Ridley's of the world the Austin Hoopers of the world the Mohamed Sanu's of the world to have one-on-one opportunities in the red zone because they know Julio is basically unguardable when it comes to the red area. Mm. And by the way, worth noting, you know, he's going to have a new offensive coordinator this year. Of course, Julio's the best season of his career came in 2015. Matt Ryan MVP season. Uh, Kyle Shanahan there, 1871 receiving yards. Just ridiculous. 136 catches. Obviously led the league in both. 2014 was the last time Dirk Cutter was his uh, offensive coordinator. And that year he had 163 targets, 104 catches, and almost 1,600 yards plus six touchdowns. So, just because he's getting a new coordinator, I don't know that we will necessarily see a bump or a, a drop in, in production. And um, I got to tell you, I mean, your arguments and sort of diving deeper into the stats convinced me that I should flip Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. I won't do it because that would be soft of me. But um, I, I two, three, and I think one, Hopkins to me is a clear one, but not by a lot over two, three, and four. I just think those four guys, and, and maybe Antonio Brown will make me look stupid later on down the road. I just think those four guys at the top end. Um, anything, anything that you look at with your list where you're like, maybe, maybe that's something I was off on. I, I, it's, I, I feel like there's a pretty clear line with the top twelve or thirteen wide receivers, though. Yeah, I think my list is pretty cool. I think the only argument about my list maybe would be Juju. Um, mm. But me personally, I'm just in a wait and see approach uh, with him taking on this new role. I do believe he will be successful because he has an ideal quarterback situation going on there, along with an offense that he's familiar with. Uh, just these top 10 guys, we've seen it, you know, these guys do it at a high level for quite some time. And not saying Juju has not, but Juju is the number one receiver. The last few guys, last, all these guys on my list that we talked about, you know, they're number ones. Now, you might can have an argument about Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, but both guys are well. They are great receivers, and they complement each other well. But I just decided to have Adam Thielen on my top ten, and you also had him in your top ten as yep. well. And, you know, he's a shorthanded wide receiver. But that's the only, I guess, argument I would have about my list, not having Juju top ten. But he's right outside. He would be the 11th wide receiver. Yeah, and as we mentioned, too, Tyree Kill – Throws a bit of a monkey wrench in here because if he's cleared and plays all 16 games, uh, he would move way up the list. And it's, it's just the off season, off field stuff. I want to ask you two more things. We'll get you out of here on this, BMAC. Uh, one, um, or it's sort of a, a, a two part question. One, who was the most difficult wide receiver you ever lined up against, uh, from a one on one perspective? And two, who, uh, who, what, like, I'm not asking you to relive like your worst moments, but like who, who who burned you the worst in your career that you recall? Uh, one of the more difficult wide receivers. It's hard to pick one. Um, Reggie Wayne. Mm, that's a good choice. Um, He's a, mean, but he was like a, he was like both physical and a technician, and of course, yes, played at Miami. Yes. So you had some college, dude, and, and dude. sneaky fast. Yeah. Um, who burned me the most? <sighs> you know what? Uh, I know I, I gave up a few touchdowns to Chad Johnson okay. in the red zone. But one guy who used to really give me fits early in my career was Chris Henry oh, for Cincinnati. Yeah, for Cincinnati, yeah, man. Who, who man. Obviously, obviously died you know, tragically at a, at a young age. Yes. Was that, man, he was, Yo, he was blossoming. 
Oh my goodness. On a deep post, you do not want to allow Chris Henry to get inside leverage on your coverage with nothing but green grass to attack running a deep post with Carson Palmer leading him to the promised land. Oh my Chris Henry, if he would have had an opportunity to really have a lengthy career and stay focused, man, Chris Henry would have been a great wide receiver in his era, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a really interesting point too. I mean, he averaged 15.3 yards per catch for his, uh, five year career again, you know, died at the age of, of 26, far too young. But man, that's a great point. They had a, they really had it rolling with that offense with Ocho and, um, the form, our former college, Ocho used to work at, uh, at CBS. I used to do a Thursday night show with, 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 uh, Ocho Cinco, which was always fun. Um, and then of course, you know, Chris Henry and, and uh, the Rudy Johnson they had in those offenses, man, it's a good call. All right. Uh, let's get out of here. We'll uh we'll have this up on the uh the old podcast. Follow BMAC at uh is it was it BMAC underscore sports talk. Underscore sports talk. Um, yes, sir. Make sure and watch them on CBS Sports HQ. And uh I'll talk to you next week when we rank defensive backs. Thanks. Yes, sir. Thanks. The most important position on the football field. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks.